Good Sunday morning. Glad to uh, be with everybody this morning out uh, in cyber world. Uh, just pray that everybody's well, and I uh, just hope that uh, we can get to fellowship with one another uh, shortly. Uh, just pray that everybody stays safe and just uh, continue to uh, stay healthy as we can and just remember our distancing and, and uh, just pray that uh, the Lord will just touch us and keep us safe. Uh, I'm going to open us up in prayer, and then we'll turn it over to Brother Brandon Russell. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we just thank you for each one, Lord, that's out there listening. We just pray that you'd open our hearts and minds to what you'd have for each of us, Lord. We just pray that you'd keep us safe, Lord, and just uh, that we would uh, just trust in you, Lord. And uh, you're the great physician, and we know that you can heal, Lord. We just pray that... Uh, all we do would please you. Just forgive us where we fail you. Just, Lord, go with us this upcoming week to keep us safe, keep us in your will. We ask this in Christ Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. Good morning. I'm grateful for another opportunity to be with you guys uh, this morning. Uh, if y'all remember, I was with y'all about two weeks ago, so the Lord seemed fit for me to come back, and I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity. Today, in the past couple of weeks, they have been strange, to say the least, kind of crazy. Our normal everyday life has seemed to come to kind of a stop. Schools have been closed. All of our retail stores that we can do our shopping at has been closed. All entertainment places have been closed. What we used to call normal everyday life has been changed and turned upside down. How has this affected you? It's affected me. But has it been a positive or somewhat of a negative to your life? Most people have been saying that this COVID-19 coronavirus and this shelter-in-place order has, has put a negative effect on them. And a lot of people are not taking this virus seriously. And I'm not going to downplay the virus either at all. The virus is real and it's very serious. It's affected some of my family members, so it, it is very real. But I want to take time this morning to encourage you. I want to encourage you this morning. This spare time that we have could very well affect you positively. For believers, this time for us, this extra time that we have could be spent in prayer. This extra time that we have could be studying God's Word. We could be growing stronger spiritually and proclaiming the Gospel like never before. This is an opportunity for the church to truly be 
the church. If we as followers use this extra time to grow in Christ, there wouldn't be any uncertainty about the future. Our future and our hope is not built on this government stimulus check that we're getting, but our hope is built on Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, this time this uh, time that we have is a lot of uncertainties, but it's also a time for today for us to be strong and not be shaken because Jesus Christ is in control. This morning we're going to talk about four men, but primarily three, the three, whose life had been changed fast from being able to worship the true living God, and then being commanded to worship a worldly idol. These men had had strong faith, who, who didn't let the outside world rock them from their commitment to God. So if you have your Bibles, I would like for you to turn with me to the book of Daniel. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 3, verses 8 through 18. And... Uh, I said these uh, four men, but really primarily the three. In this section of the, uh, the, the chapter of Daniel, Daniel himself is kind of absent. So we're going to be talking about Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So if you would please stand in reverence of reading God's Word and remain standing for prayer. We're going to look at verses 8 through 18 this morning. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. And they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the mist of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony, with all kinds of music, that you fall down and and worship the image what I have made. Good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, And said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, 
Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and He will deliver us from your hand, O King. But if not, let it be known to you, O King, that if we do not serve, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for this time that you have for us, Lord. Lord, we Lord, we come to you, Lord, not knowing of things of the future other than that we hold true that you are faithful to us even though that we are not faithful to you sometimes and we're so thankful that you are faithful, Lord. Lord, help us in these times, Lord, to grow stronger in our walks with you, Lord. Lord, speak to us this morning through your word, Lord. Lord, open our hearts and minds to be able to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. To help everyone who's not familiar with this passage, I'm going to skim kind of through the beginning until we are where we are right now here in chapter 3. And chapter 1 begins with King Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, being taken over by King Nebuchadnezzar, who was reigning over the Babylonian Empire. With Daniel and his friends, they were, were taken into exile. The exile is the beginning of what came to be known as the Babylonian exile, which was the result of the Lord's judgment on His people for being unfaithful to the covenant at Mount Sinai. Daniel and his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, along with some of the other royal family, were taken into exile. Daniel and his friends were given new names. They were, uh, they were given new names in hope that they will be brainwashed for their, from their culture, their old culture, in hopes of uh, changing their, their faith a little bit. But Daniel, Daniel was called Belshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. Azariah was called Abednego. With their new names, they also were schooled in language and their literature, the Babylonian literature. They were even offered food from the king's table. But being faithful to the Lord, they resisted to defile themselves with the king's food. It had nothing to do with the king's food or his wine. But Daniel refused. He refused to be conformed to the king's world and was faithful to God and to the Leviticus law. The food, the, the, the king's food, it included uh, some food that was uh, for, forbidden by the law and it was not properly prepared according to the law. Through their faithfulness, though, to God, through their faithfulness to the Lord, they found favor in the Lord's eyes. And God gave them all exceptional knowledge and understanding of the Babylonian culture. 
They were able to answer uh, all king of Nebuchadnezzar's questions. And in in chapter 1, verse 20, it says that uh, in all of the matters of wisdom and understanding, the king which examined them, and he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. He was better than all of the pagan advisors that king... They, they were better than all the advisors that King Nebuchadnezzar had. And chapter 2 begins with King Nebuchadnezzar having a dream. He has a dream and... He commands his advisors to tell them what this dream was. None of the advisors could tell him what the dream was. He also goes on to command them to interpret this dream. If they didn't know what the dream was, then they couldn't interpret the dream as he commanded. But Daniel is able. Daniel was able to tell King Nebuchadnezzar what his dream was, and he was able to interpret this dream also. For the sake of time this morning, I won't get into all the full-length details of the discussion of this dream, but I will give you a little brief overview of the dream. The dream was of a statue. The head was of gold, which represented the Babylonian kingdom, which was King Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. The chest and the arms were silver, which represented Medo-Persia. The belly and the thighs were bronze, and it represented Greece. The legs and the feet were of iron and clay, which represented Rome. These sections represented different kingdoms to come. And I would encourage all of us to go into a further study of the dream and of those kingdoms. Whether you know in this brief detail of the dream, though, you can have a better understanding of what's going on here in chapter 3, where King Nebuchadnezzar has built a large golden statue. Verse, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. This was a very large statue. And, it was, and some scholars say that this was pure gold. And the statue was close to 90 to 100 feet tall. This statue was a direct reflection of the dream that he had. But unlike his dream, this statue didn't have different sections of metal. Just gold. And King Nebuchadnezzar was asserting that there will be no other kingdoms after his. He thought that he was the beginning and the end. But God had different plans in mind. Through Daniel, through Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or to not get anyone confused, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that King Nebuchadnezzar would know who the real true living God is. Through these faithful men, King Nebuchadnezzar would know who is the true beginning and the true end of all things. 
in verse 5 it says that King Nebuchadnezzar commanded for all people to worship when they heard the sounds of the horn, the flute, the harp, lyre, and psaltery and symphony with all kinds of music that you shall fall down and worship that image of gold that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. There were serious consequences if you didn't. Verse 6 goes on to say that whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego disobeys this order from the king. We often hear all, all the time that we need to obey. But there are times that we need to be disobedient. Not to God, of course. And not to what Scripture says, of course. But to anyone who commands you to do something that is, doesn't line up with God. They were disobedient to the king because they had enough. They have went through all this. They had names changed. They, they had to learn all this other culture and, and of the Babylonians. and What they thought was normal just completely changed. And it changed when... And they had enough when it came to them disobeying, disobeying God. There's been... Has there been a time in your life where you've just said, you've had enough. Enough's enough. I'm putting my foot down. I've had enough. Me personally, I'm more of a right and wrong kind of guy. I'm more if it's in black and white, that, that's how I am. What is right is right. What is wrong is wrong. For those of you few that are in here, you can, you can ask my wife. If I know I'm right about something, I'll argue it all day long. I will. And nine times out of ten, when we do have little disputes, I cause them. Yeah, I'm sorry for that. But even the larger things, though, I like to take a stand for what's right. One of my greatest, one of the greatest, my dear friend, greatest influences on my life is my pastor, Brother Mitch Hall. He takes a stand. He not only is my pastor, but he also serves the community as a Board of Education board member. And never has there been a time for a Christian to fight for what is right than to affect the change or the direction of the school systems. To put Christ back where He belongs. And I thank you and I appreciate you, Brother Mitch. This is a great time that we, that we are faced with this is a time to let the Gospel out. To make Christ's name known. True followers of Christ are, are preaching every day and worshiping every day through this pandemic. So what? Just a self-reflection question. What, what are you doing? Are you complaining because you can't come to this building right here? Maybe... 
Maybe that is our problem with American Christianity. That we have that we have turned Christ into a building and we have stopped following Him truly. God has deployed us right now. There's a reason that we are not coming to church right now. It's because Christ wants us to go proclaim it to the world. Isn't that what He done in, in Acts with the, the great persecution? He didn't let the Christians stay in one spot. There was a reason behind that. Yeah, it was bad and they were running, but that was to get Christ's name to everywhere. We need to stay in tune with the true living God. This is a, this is, I keep saying this, but it is just a great opportunity for all of us believers that, that Christ is the Lord and He is the mark of what's right and what's wrong. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had enough. They were drawing the line. It says in verse 8, Therefore, at a certain time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. These certain Chaldeans came forward and were accusing them. Because King Nebuchadnezzar had made this decree that if anyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flutes and the harp and the psaltery in symphony, that they should fall down and worship the gold image. The Chaldeans go on to explain who these Jews are in verse 12 here in chapter 3. It says, these, There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. This made King Nebuchadnezzar so raging, mad, and a fury. Verse 13 tells us that then Nebuchadnezzar, in, in rage and in fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men brought them before the king, brought them before the king. The next couple of events, though, in this text are truly amazing. The three show true, strong faith. They never seem to doubt God. That's because they didn't doubt God. Maybe, maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's the difference between me and them. I just want to be personal. I'll be 100 with you right here about me personally. I would like to stand up here before you right now this morning. I would like to stand up here before you and say that my faith is as strong as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's. But when things happen, it's a constant battle of keeping the faith and often thinking, why me, God? A lot of times. And I say that also to say that I don't think I'm the only one that struggles with that either. For example, some people would suggest that biblical miracles don't happen in today's time. Is it because, is it because God has lost His powerfulness? 
No, absolutely not. I think it's because that we doubt His power sometimes. We lack that faith. The three, the three knew God's power. And they stayed truly faithful to Him. And it, you can see their faithfulness as we keep going. Because Nebuchadnezzar in verse 14 said to them, Is it true? Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my God or worship the gold image which I have set up? He says, now, now in verse 15, if you are ready at the time you hear the sounds of the horn, if you hear the music, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and symphony with all kind of music, you'll fall, you, you fall down and worship the image that I have made. Good. But if you do not, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you? He asked them a question, as who, almost kind of taunting God Himself in front of these men. Who, will, who, who is this God that will deliver you from my hands? It's important to understand that these men were just not standing in front of a random king. If you know anything about King Nebuchadnezzar, he was one of the cruelest men on earth. He, they were essentially standing in front of Satan themselves. It would be the same thing as us standing in front of uh, the ISIS leaders or the, the Taliban leaders or any of the Middle Eastern country where Christianity is illegal. With their lives on the line, he gives them a second chance. He gives them a second chance to change their mind, to rethink their decision. But you can see, they didn't need to reconsider. I would like to ask this question too. With your life on the line, as they had their lives directly on the line, how, how would you handle this situation? I hope I can handle it as, as these brave men did. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego all at once, all at once demonstrates their love for God and their faithfulness to God. In verse 16, they answer, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. They didn't, they didn't second guess God's love for them. They didn't need to reconsider their commitment to God. They took a stand. A stand that was right for God, who is the true ruler of all kingdoms. They knew that with their lives, that their lives were in God's hand. No matter what happened to them on this side of heaven, they looked death in the eyes with joy, knowing that God would soon be meeting them in person, or that God would deliver them from the fire. 
Verse 17 says, If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able. God is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will deliver us from your hands, O King. Verse 18 said, But if not, if not though, let it be known to you, O King, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship in gold image what you have set up. There was no doubt in their minds that God's saving power to save them. They had no doubt. that Were there uncertainties of how God was going to save them? Absolutely. But either way, they were not compromising their convictions by doing something that was right in man's eye, but not doing what was right in God's eye. They were not going to bow to the statue. Which leads me back to the title. And I'm sorry, I just realized that. I forgot to tell you the title this morning. The title is, Who Do You Follow? So I ask you that now. Who, who, who do you follow? Man or, or, or God? Because I'm certain 100% that during these times, God has revealed idols to our lives. There's no sports to watch or to go play. There's no materialistic things that we can go buy right now. I'm sure there, there's some more idols out there that you're longing for that God has just taken away from you during this pandemic. Which leads to the, the question is, what, what are we actually following? Are we following these idols? Are we bowing to the golden statue? Or are we following God this morning? In closing, I really do want to thank God and I am so thankful for this message this morning. I've primarily, if no one has gotten anything or if the Lord hasn't spoken to you through this, it's been primarily for me. But I also pray that it has touched you also. I pray that all of us as a, the body of Christ can be more faithful when it matters most. I know our church and uh, most churches in America, we don't face direct persecution, but the church is facing direct persecution in today's time. I pray that we all get involved and take stands for the gospel. Have strong faith, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. And if you don't know uh, the rest of the story of them being thrown in the furnace, they, they come out of that furnace not even smelling like smoke. I encourage you to go read it. It's an awesome story. If you this morning have been following the wrong things though, and you don't have that faith, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is believing in something that you cannot see. Believing in Christ, even though you can't see Him. The gospel saves you by faith through grace. Christ can save you this morning. And Christ will save you this morning. 
All you have to do is repent and believe in the gospel and you shall be saved. One last note. If you, if you would like to talk with me, or if you need to talk to me, Brother Ronnie has got my phone number. I would be more than glad to talk to anyone. I pray that you all have a good Sunday. And I want to close with a word of prayer. Lord, Lord, thank You, Lord. Lord, thank You for Your faithfulness to, towards us, even though that we're not faithful like we should be sometimes, Lord. Lord, help us with that. Lord, help us to grow stronger and closer to You each and every day, Lord. Lord, help us with this time that we have to grow closer. Lord, help us to apply what we've heard today with our lives, Lord. And Lord, I pray that You also be with the people that are affected by this virus, Lord. You touch them and You comfort them and the people that have lost loved ones, Lord. Lord, the the people that have passed away, Lord, we know that they're healed, Lord, but the families are hurting. So, Lord, I pray that You be with them. Lord, we love You, and we're so thankful and grateful that we can come and open Your Word up. Yes, it's a little unconventional with the online stuff, but we're so grateful and thankful that we can open up Your Word, Lord, and grow in our knowledge. Lord, be with us through this week, Lord. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.